Podcast host Jason along with Chris. Yo. So we're back after a long uh layoff. I hope uh everyone is doing well considering uh a lot of stuff going on in the world today. So between uh global pandemic, uh riots in Minneapolis and uh demonstrations around the country. Yeah. I was gonna say riots uh, everywhere it seems like nowadays. Yeah, it seems like uh man, I had some last night, so Hope everybody's doing well wherever you're listening to us. So, but we're here to give you a little bit of distraction from what's going on in the world today. So we'll talk mm-hmm. about the hockey and go from there. So we actually finally got some news after a long time of kind of waiting and seeing how the pandemic's going to affect everything. The NHL is going forward with their season still. Um, I know I was one of those people who kind of said I wouldn't mind if they scrapped it due to like kind of condensing next season down too, because I want to keep all 82 games next year. Uh, but I understand uh, money talks. So, well, Blues, I think uh, that Blues and a lot of teams are going to be out of money. But go ahead, though. For sure, I, I think that money talks. But I think that also, when you look at the NHL and you talk about the big four sports, um, you know, NHL is number four. Uh, baseball, I would say, is maybe two or three right now. With uh, you could swap that with the NBA and obviously the NFL being number one. Uh, at least in the United States. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we as a country are a very, very sports-centric and competitive-centric uh, country. And I think the the NHL sees a very good opportunity to be the first pro sports to resume play. And us as hockey fans obviously know um, that there's not much more exciting in the world of sports than the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially when you get to overtime and things like that. I think there's a, a remarkable window right now for the NHL to be the first sport to open back up and have so many eyes on them. Because there are people out there right now that I I think would watch live billiards if it was a live sporting event right now. There's people that are so hungry for sports that they'll watch anything. And I think that there is a tremendous opportunity to get new eyes on the sport. And all it takes is for a couple of games, you get the hang of a couple of the basic rules like offsides and icing, and you can follow the sport for the most part. And I think that from a marketing standpoint and the ability to grow the game, as long as they do it safe and they don't compromise the health of any of the players or staff, um, this is a tremendous opportunity for hockey to make a huge jump in its growth. Yeah, they definitely have uh, – they looks like they're going to be one of the first ones to make their way back. Now, the NBA mm-hmm. is in talks to do – I guess they done Disney, I think. It was like the Disney complex down there at uh, all – what was it called? Uh, uh, I don't remember the exact name, but, I, you know, Disney It's like the Disney own... complex down there. Yeah, there's an ESPN Disney um, complex in uh, in Orlando, and basically they would treat it like an Olympic village. 
and um, all the teams would go down there. And the thing with with basketball is it's pardon me for yawning. Um, basketball is a lot easier to get up and running because you don't need nearly the amount of equipment. You don't need, you know, 200 feet of ice. You need 82 feet and a 10-foot uh, goal at each end, and you have a court. Um, so, you know, it, it's feasible to to get that up and running a lot quicker than it would be um, – with the with the NHL now, I, I haven't heard the NBA's uh, plan. I don't know if you have. Are they going to continue their regular season, or are they going to jump straight to the playoffs like hockey has done? They were going to jump to the playoffs, but I saw a like, 22 team playoff, which is a little different than what the NHL is doing. Interesting. Or 20 team maybe, or whatever it was. Whatever it was, it was a little bit different. It was no less teams what the NHL was playing. Uh, baseball mm-hmm. is fighting with the players, and the owners are fighting about money right Ooh. now. So that doesn't look great. Um, and obviously baseball football has a little bit of time. It's, uh, you know, so I understand football's kind of going ahead, planning that everything's going to be normal by then. And baseball, yeah. as they've done for the last 50 years, find new and inventive ways to shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, pretty much it seems like they're complaining about money and all this stuff. And we'll get into all that because we're going to focus on the NHL's return to play plan. So that was announced on yes, Tuesday sir. this week. We're recording near the end of May. It's the 30th of May. Um so, the, NHL, the regular season is officially over. Any way you put it for the NHL, it is over. They awarded trophies already. Um, and the Austin Bruins are the president's uh, trophy winners this year. Congratulations uh, on them. They'll be out in the first round. Yeah, and then our Ross trophy goes to uh, Leon Dreisaitl for most points. Uh, the uh, Henry Rocket Richard trophy was in, it was shared by two players. It was by Alexander Ovechkin and David Pasternak. Uh, I got a feel for uh, Ovechkin because I believe he's going to break a like a league record for most consecutive seasons with 50 goals, and yeah. he was two away. He had 48, and with that really he had 11 games left, then he definitely would have gotten that. No fans of us. So he can't get that record because officially the stats stop, and this is your final stats. Um, they're working on a couple of things, but we'll get into it. So games are paused on March 12th, so the 189 remaining games are officially done. So because there's a lot of teams that were very close to the playoffs, uh, especially in the West, the West was very jam-packed at the end. Uh, there was definitely mm-hmm. two or three teams that could that were basically flipping out between the uh, last playoff spot. But so they decided to include some other teams. So, for example, like Chicago is getting in when they're more than likely not going to get in. They have six points out of the last playoff spot with 12 games remaining. I yeah. it was a tough task for them. Um, not saying they couldn't do it. They can't do it. But they're going to get in now. So 12 teams from the East and West based on percentage points are in. So said there's seven teams who did not qualify for the playoffs and automatically get um uh, put into the, the draft lottery. Ottawa having a good chance for uh, a top pick, having, I think, two of the top three picks this year. Uh, and mm-hmm. just the way it worked out, Detroit has the best chance as of right now. So Ottawa, it looks like they have a good chance to get uh, uh, Max Lafreniere, I believe how you say it. So the way this is going to work is a little different. So as, as you well may know by now, there's going to be a qualifying round and then a seeding round robin. And this is what I want to talk to Chris about. Um, these will be held in two hub cities to be identified. 
St. Louis did not get in the running, even though I heard they were in the running for a while, per, you know, like some of the reporters, but they are not uh, one of the 12, uh, one of the 10 finalists. Um, it seems like Vegas is going to be the one to get the West teams. So all the teams in the West are going to be in Vegas. And it sounds like from, I've heard rumors, Toronto, just due to be able to fit teams into like a small area. So like one hotel, you can put like a handful of teams with all their mm-hmm. staff in one hotel. So you're like basically can lock that hotel down. And I think that's one of the reasons why St. Louis really didn't get that. Cause I think there's not really those type of hotels downtown. You can't put like some teams like there and then some in the county and then some, you know, like trying to pace everybody around. You're trying to keep everybody as close as possible during this uh, time because they're only permitting a total of 50 personnel and that includes players, coaches, and staff per team. So you're talking right. they're, that's bare minimum, bare bones. You're like getting enough players to, uh, and I don't know how many players are going to allow due to like, remember, there's always the black aces that they call up. Uh, the AHL season is mm-hmm. officially done. AHL is 100 not doing playoffs or anything. So that's completely done. Uh, we kind of talked about that last time, how San Antonio can't even say goodbye to their team. They lose their team this year, and they're moving to uh, Colorado. So that sucks for them. So It does suck for them. But yeah, so we should go back to the qualifying round. So qualifying round is going to consist of eight teams that basically get into the official playoffs. Uh, the seeding round, Robin, is the top four teams. So the top four teams uh, in the East. Let's do the East first. So the top four teams in the East is Boston, Tampa, Washington, and Philly. Those four teams are going to be in a round robin to decide the top four seeds. Um, the other East, so the qualifying round, this is going to be best of five in the East. So it'll be the Penguins versus the Canadians, the Hurricanes versus the Rangers, the Islanders versus the Panthers, and the Maple Leafs versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. So uh, I know the only team, there's two teams that have voted against this format and that was the Carolina Hurricanes and Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Lightning. Uh, mm-hmm. The Carolina Hurricanes pretty much are pissed because they have to face the Rangers, who weren't probably going to make the playoffs and had um, have the number three scoring offense. So you're talking about a team that has very good potential for it to upset a team due to their high scoring. And then I believe I Tampa, they came out, they pretty much just said they um, – and it kind of felt bad that's how the some teams like worked really hard to get in, and the other teams that weren't going to get in are going to get in just because of what's going on. So, or some explanation like that. So the mm-hmm. East, that's what's going to work out in the first round. So you got then after that, after all of ready plays, the round robin, the qualifying, you'll see who plays the official eight that will start the playoffs. Right, the West. So the West, the important one, including the Blues. So the Blues, technically the top team in the West. They win the Central Division title, which we we can talk about that. So we get a raise another banner next year if we want to, just like Nashville. <laughs> and then we also have Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. So Colorado has like they're two points behind us with a game in hand. So they could have like passed by or one point behind us with a game in hand. So they could have passed by us. Uh, we and so everybody, those four teams get a bye, and they play in the round robin tournament. So before I get into the next part, let's talk about this round robin tournament. Yeah, I get it. So I don't like it from the Blues standard, from the Blues standpoint, because hey, they worked hard and they should get the top seed. 
But if you look at it from the team right behind them, Colorado, they had that extra game, and if they won it, they would have been the top seed. But now the Blues I work hard like if they have. Reason. Go for it. Um, something you just mentioned about five minutes ago, which is the NHL has declared the regular season over and handed out awards. If you're calling the regular season over and it's done and you're handing out a president's trophy, the, the standings are done. It's locked in. You're telling me that the Boston Bruins theoretically could win the president's trophy and be the fourth seed in the East. Yep, but they have a bad three games. That, to me, that doesn't make sense. I, I feel like this is one of the few flaws in this plan meant to try to make everybody happy. And if I was Boston, if I was St. Louis, I would be pissed. I would be pissed. The only team that could points-wise move ahead of St. Louis by winning three games would be Colorado. Vegas couldn't do it. Dallas couldn't do it. But, theoretically, if the Blues would go 0-3, there's a chance that that team goes to the fourth seed and teams that finish the season with less points than them are ranked higher, just like in Boston. And mm-hmm. unlike unlike the the matchup, the three game series between the five and twelve seeds, this round robin tournament is played under regular season rules, which means one five minute overtime and a shootout. So if you're yep. going to do that, I think you either one of two things: either you continue the points process, and the points process determines your one through four seed. Or you just eliminate it all and go, all right, I know it sucks, Colorado. I know you had a game in hand, but it is what it is. You're the two seed. Or actually, no, I'm sorry. You're the three seed because Vegas winning the Pacific should be the two seed. Mm-hmm. So the qualifying round, which is like the five and 12, all the eight other teams, it would be played under playoff overtime rules. Yep. So the round robin games. With? Yeah, the round-robin games, which is like you said, is going to be the regular season overtime rules and shootout rules. So basically, like, it's blue, you know, a team holds on and just goes to shootout. You could theoretically get, like, a pity point, basically, to help you out and could put you ahead of another team or whatever. So, I'm not, like I said, I, same reasons as you, exactly. Like the Blues worked hard, just like, like as much as I say, like Boston, you know, outright won the presidents. And then, like you said, if they just – Let's just say somebody gets injured on Boston. Like, let's say Marchand or Pasternak is injured in the first game, and then they go 0-2-1, and and they're the fourth seed, mm-hmm. and now they've lost their top guy, top score, and then they got to go against uh, the five seed in the East. And then all of a sudden right. you're playing, like, a higher competition. Anybody's going to be a tough draw nowadays, except for Chicago, in my opinion, on the, in all this list. Um I think that, like I said, the Blues would face, if they kept the number one seed, they would have faced the winner of the Calgary-Winnipeg series, which I would have preferred the Flames over the Jets, just because I think the Jets, even though their defense is not as great as it was last year, I think Hellebuck's played really well. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we really can't even think about who the Blues would play. We can kind of theoretically no, there's, there's too many variables. 
yeah, so right now there's so many variables we really don't know. But let's talk about the we talked about the Blues obviously being the top four, but we didn't talk about the rest of the the rest of the the eight others basically. So I kind of alluded to it. Edmonton is going to take on uh, Chicago. Nashville is going to take on the Coyotes. Which side note, the Coyotes? I don't, did you see this? Uh, they put out yesterday is that they're going to wear no, their Kachina, they're going to wear their Kachina uh, jerseys oh, through right. the playoffs. I love those. Yeah, I love those. Yeah, jerseys. so they're wearing. Yep, they're wearing those through the whole playoffs. They announced yesterday, whenever they restart. Two of them. Vancouver and uh, Minnesota will play the next the next set, and then like I alluded to, Calgary and Winnipeg. So a lot of good teams are mixed in there. Uh, Nashville is making a run for it. They're starting to get a little bit better as the mm-hmm. season unfortunately stopped. Uh, so who knows? And the thing is, like all these teams have been dormant since March 12th. So you don't know. Like by the time we're the time we're looking at right now. Teams can start practicing, and we're going to right now. The teams get to start practicing in June, like individual like mm-hmm. players, but coaches cannot be on the ice with them. Right. So it's just it's under six guys. So I think under six guys can be on the ice at a time. So it's like only certain guys get to work out, and that's going to happen to July. And then I guess they'll do the next phase, which they really haven't announced, where more of a team work out and where they're going to have this hub at. Uh, Gary Bettman quoted saying that he'd like to get this started by the end of July, beginning of August. So that's the earliest you're going to see hockey is the end of July. I'm guessing August. I'm guessing there's going to be a setback as um, just so many, like I said, so many variables and just in everything going on. Now, bless you. And everything going on nowadays. Um, it seems like everything, we get new information every day about things that are going on. Um People are starting to venture out, it looks like, in St. Louis especially. Um, you can say Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend. A lot of people have gone to the lake. Um, sure did. Yeah, so who knows what's going to happen. So, like I said, it's like the earliest we're going to see stuff is July, end of July, probably August. Um, but before we get into a little more of that, seven teams did not qualify, and added, their season is officially over. The Sabres, Devils, the Ducks. The Kings, the Sharks, Senators, and the Red Wings. So each will participate in the NHL draft, which will hold its first phase on June 26th. So they're still going to have, like, the normal playoffs happen where 15 teams didn't make the playoffs. So all those yep. teams that are out in the qualifying round will still have a chance at the top pick and then certain percentages. Which so I for example, So let's just say Boston gets – not Boston, let me – excuse me. Let's say – Edmonton gets out and they're the number five seed, and then they finish the season right now as 37-25-9. Pretty darn good record. And they could wind up getting, like, a very good player once again as a top pick. Agreed. Or I said, like, or like Winnipeg, you know, or yep. Calgary, that, you know, teams that are doing pretty well could wind up jumping up and getting, like, a top player all of a sudden. When when they first announced this 24-team idea, and it was just a rumor at that point, I said my biggest concern was how they were going to handle the lottery because I, I was very concerned with the, the – let's just be theoretical here. There's a chance that the Chicago Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup and the lottery. You know, if, gotcha. if all those teams – that are in the that are in the three game play in 
are going to be eligible for the top pick, mm-hmm. you run that risk. And I don't think that's right. I think that the lottery should be based on if you lose your three-game series. Like, once we get it down to a 16-team playoff, I think the teams that lose those best-of-three series can be put back in the pool with um, – the teams that with the teams that didn't make the the first phase. So, but that also that still puts you in a position like you were saying that a team like Edmonton, who's very good, has the chance to lose to Chicago in a best of three in a best of five, and win the lottery. And a team and like really Edmonton more than yeah, and Edmonton was more than likely going to make the playoffs too. So they were going to be out into the 15 that normally wouldn't have been even considered. So they could have been right. a team that maybe got out in the first. Let's say they got out in the first round if we played normally, and they finished mm-hmm. mid between 16 and 18. So they would have got like the 18th pick or something like that. Mm-hmm. And now you're talking like they could conceivably do the same thing instead of having an 18th pick, having the number one overall pick. Like I said, yeah. this is going to be not perfect. We're in the middle of a global pandemic that is hasn't been seen for either ever, ever. or over 100 years. So it's not going to be perfect, and I kind of wrap my head around instead of bitching about everything. Just, you know, you're going to get some hockey back. It's not going to be perfect. Absolutely. There's going to be yeah. there's going to be some hiccups, but yeah. we'll see. Um, the other thing that we – I, I think not that's mention, the way to look at it. Yeah, and I think the one thing I didn't mention is the after the play-in round, the first round, uh, first and second round series, the length hasn't been decided yet. Like, we don't know if there's going to be a best of five or a best of seven like normal. The only thing we have said that the East and West finals will be a best of seven along with the Stanley Cup final. So those will be best of seven, but you could see, you could see best of five through the first two rounds, uh, first three rounds if you consider the qualifying round. And then, you have the best of seven. So it could be interesting on how they do stuff. He's hoping to have the hockey started by the July or August, play through September. I'm guessing they probably take a month off to do off-season transactions. Um, there's still a lot of stuff they're figuring out. Um, one thing I do want to bring up that relates to the Blues, um, players that signed during this pandemic, like, for example, uh, the Blues rookie that we talked our prospect that we talked about, Scott uh, Peronovich signed right before like during this pandemic and his contract is depending on what happens like if they come back the he'll basically burn a year of his contract because that's how the blues agreed to do it if they start a whole season next year he basically starts his entry level deal next year and he has two years there so they they said they've not made decisions on contracts signed yet that's the one thing that they're still working on um another thing which is interesting they said depending on how the pandemic uh, plays out, it's a very, very slim chance that they might allow the East and West and Santa Cup Finals to be played in some of the home city's arena. Obviously, right. there's going to be no fans. That's mm-hmm. pretty much been implied on all this, that there's going to be no fans in the stands. Like, Correct. you might see maybe personnel in this, maybe in the stands or from each team or something like that. Or wouldn't it be great that you these games are going to be in the same arena there's a game at like almost like football now. You have a game at twelve, three, and seven, or something like that. Twelve, yeah. four, and seven. You know, you're gonna, you might have that during the day. It might be on two separate hubs, so you might have a game starting at eleven a.m. over in Toronto, and then you have 
go to after that, you go over to the Vegas game and you watch the West and you just bounce back. It might be like football where you're watching games throughout the day for numerous days because everybody's going to be in one city, so you're not going to have the travel days built in either. So you might be having games Agreed. every other day for quite some time because no team is – they're not having to get on a bus or get on a plane and fly between cities. Like, you're like going back to the hotel that's going to be across the street and sleep there. And then they have a practice – I'm sure there will be a practice arena nearby, and that's it. Yeah. So you're, it's going to be interesting so in we, how this is all set up. Can we touch on something with the hub cities for a minute? Because there's something sure. else here that bothers me, and that is – even without fans in there, I I don't like the idea that, say, in the West, it does sound like it's going to be Vegas. And I understand why. There's tons of hotels to accommodate within walking distance to the arena or whatever. But you can't tell me that you couldn't have found the same facilities that are in and around Staples Center in L.A. I don't like the fact that if I'm the team who's playing Vegas, I don't care if you tell me it's my home game or not. I'm playing the team on their home ice who's familiar with all the soft spots on the boards, all the intricacies of that arena and that ice and everything else for every game. I think that that's giving a team an advantage. Now, it's not like back in the days of Joe Louis Arena where everyone knew the inboards were dead and Detroit would use that for their advantage and would always take teams, you know, a good period or so to remember. But still, I, I don't like that we are giving a team that is in the playoffs playoffs in their city. I think that if we're going to go to two arenas, one for the East and one for the West, they need to be neutral markets. And for the West, like, why not L.A.? It's a big enough city. For the East, you've got Montreal. You've got tons of cities uh, that you could pick from, either in Canada or the Northeast. Hell, you could go to uh, Barclays Center in New York City. Uh, there's there's many different options in cities that are big enough to handle the influx needed that don't have a dog in this fight. And that's yeah, one here's... thing to me that kind of I'm not 100% on board with. So here's the cities that are up for consideration. So uh, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton. Yeah, so far those four teams are technically in this playoffs. Vegas, L.A., Minneapolis, St. Paul, which probably not happening now due to what's going on, Pittsburgh, Toronto, oh, yeah. Vancouver. So you're talking out of the ten that is listed, one of those teams is not in the playoffs. The second one due to, obviously, circumstances uh, that's going on, that's not going to happen. So you're talking – Basically, eight of the – so, yeah, so you're talking, like, basically nine of the ten mm-hmm. for sure, you know, is definitely, like, all playoff teams. Yeah. I, I, to me, I, I'm not a real fan of that. Like, if I was in the West, I would say, fine, we're all going to L.A. If I was in the East, I'd say we're all going to New York City, but we're not playing at MSG. We're going to go to Barking Center. I think that that's yes. – if you're going to play, quote, unquote, neutral ice, then it needs to be neutral ice. So uh, if, what happens if they switch all the West teams to Toronto and all the East teams to, like, LA, to Vegas? I would be fine with that. I would totally be yeah. fine with that. Yeah, so then, yeah, because they basically said hub cities, but 
I mean, from what I've, you know, I've heard on the radio, I kind of heard on the radio and stuff and heard on NHL radio, I heard like the West teams is going to be Vegas is what the strong indication is. But we'll see, wait and see. I've heard that as well. Uh, yeah, so so this format, real quick, um, do you think this format is beneficial for the, uh, the St. Louis Blues or detrimental? Uh, detrimental, honestly. I, I think that um, we've talked about the round-robin side of things. You know, I, I think you have a team that has, for most of the season, run the table. Um, and now coming off of a stoppage in play, you know, it's, it's all going to be a coin flip, those first handful of games where people get their skates underneath them has the, has a, a very real chance of being the fourth seed and not the first. Um, so I think that it, it hurts the higher seeds. Yeah, I like the round-robin one I don't like, but I think for a men, on a mentality point of view for the Blues, and thanks to Craig Brube, I think, this is another thing too, they don't give an ish who they face. And oh, I like, agree. Yeah. But like I like you said, I agree with the round robin part where it's like you work hard and then the playing one just worries me. But also it's good because you're, when you get a play, you're literally playing the top four teams. You're playing the, the top three other teams in your conference off the bat. So you're playing a really hard team to start. So you get like, all right, you're back in the gear immediately. Um, one of the things which I think we pointed out on last podcast, which is a while ago, but right now you're pretty much looking at a probably a fully healthy Blues team. That means Vladimir Tarasenko will be back. Everybody else will be rested up. Uh, I know we talked about earlier season. We know Bennington was kind of tired at times, but he was starting to hit his stride again, I think. So you're getting all your players are going to be well-rested. Uh, hopefully we get some hockey sooner than later. But we're looking at July and August as of right now with this plan. So hopefully soon we uh, get to see some hockey. So <clears throat> let's see. Any other stuff from around the NHL? Um, I wanted to bring this one up because – uh, I thought it was very interesting because it's a very uh, similar situation to what happened th- this time two years ago. Um, Jack Eichel in Buffalo mm-hmm. said he's fed up with losing. Uh, a lot of people immediately, a lot of Blues fans are like, hey, worked out well the first time, go out and get this guy. Not going to yeah, happen, gonna... but I just think I just think it's very interesting uh, just showing that now you're getting another player fed up in Buffalo. You're obviously your young superstar making good money up there. And then, so hopefully they uh, address uh, their issues up there. I just want to bring that up because it's very interesting how people gave Ryan O'Reilly a lot of crap when he made that speech after another season of losing. And then now Jack Eichel gets it and everybody is like, well, yeah, because, I mean, he's just tired of losing. And I think it's very interesting well, to show that obviously it's not him because that Ryan O'Reilly showed he came back and played – like sure. we talked about during that season was amazing and basically carried the blues the first half of that season when they got into the, before they hit their stride and started getting in the, got into the playoffs and obviously played well in the finals. Um, so yeah, it's pretty, uh, interesting, uh, dynamic that's going on right now in Buffalo. I think that there's, there is a, a small difference between the Ryan O'Reilly comments and the Jack Eichel comments. And that is, um, you know, O'Reilly, 
was an established player when he came to uh, Buffalo. And I believe signed a, signed a contract with Buffalo, did he not? Uh, who? O'Reilly? Yeah, O'Reilly. he signed there. He, yeah. he signed like a seven years, seven and a half million dollars. So, yeah, because he's a yeah. he's a restricted free agent and got traded from Colorado to Buffalo, signed that deal. Right. So O'Reilly made the choice to go there, whereas Jack Eichel was drafted. Um, yeah. Jack Eichel, you know, didn't have a choice in where he was going. I mean, supposedly he, he could have pulled Eric Lindros and sat out, but, yeah. you know, where o- O'Reilly, I think, was probably sold a bill of goods for management, um, yeah. which made him sign. Where you know, and I'd be the same way. Like, look, you told me X, Y, Z was going to happen. That ain't happening. I'm not. You know, I don't want to stick around for this. My clock is ticking. Whereas you have a player in Jack Eichel, who uh, this is his third year. He just finished, I believe, third or fourth. But no, fifth year. Fifth year, no playoffs. Yeah, I think fourth. Fourth. I think fourth. Yeah, actually. Um. Yeah, fourth year. Fourth year. Yeah. He's fourth getting year, no better. Play. He had. Yeah, really good um, season. I, I saw him. One of the last games he played this year, uh, the Sabres were in Vegas. And he was great. The rest of that team was poop. Um, Goaltending wasn't great and defense no, wasn't great. No. There, there was nothing. And you know what's funny is I watched that team play, and it reminded me of watching the Blues like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Where you could tell, like the 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 competitive level just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Like they were trying their hearts out, but they just weren't as good as the other team they were playing. Um, they've got to get more pieces for Jack Eichel. I think they thought that Jeff Skinner could be that guy, and I don't know if he is. Yeah, I don't know either. But Carter Hutton, unfortunately, hasn't really worked out there. As a starter, he hasn't worked out. Nothing they've gotten in that Ryan O'Reilly trade has worked out. Nothing. Yeah, Saboka is probably going to leave. Saboka didn't work out. He's gone after this year. Complained about his, he wanted a more offensive role and wasn't getting that. He's getting most of the defensive role, which not surprising. Patrick Bergel, now as we talked about, left. Um, Tage Thompson has been in and out of the AHL and NHL and then also hurt his shoulder. So he was out for the year. Yeah. And then they got their, uh, First round pick that they made, and then they have a second round pick next year. So, either way, no matter what you look at it, unless they win a cup with one of those players, it can't be debated who won the trade at this point. Oh, 100%. The Blues won a cup. And, so, as much as people won, I think I think that finally thing. went away. Yeah. Here's the here's the compounding issue with Buffalo, is you have a city in Buffalo, New York, that has two pro franchises: the Buffalo Sabers and the Buffalo Bills with the combined zero championships. It, as someone who's a Buffalo Bills fan, I, I travel to Buffalo quite a bit, and I follow the Sabres. I'm obviously a Blues fan by a mile over anybody else, but I will follow the Sabres just because I have friends in the area. The amount of pressure to deliver the city's first championship, be it football or hockey, is so great that I would say it rivals what the Blues were feeling the last few years when you could tell that this team was on the cusp and just couldn't get it done. Um, combine that with the fact that you are less 
than a half hour away from the Canadian border, so you might as well be a Canadian city as well. They play the Canadian national anthem before every game, regardless of who's playing. Um, yeah. There is so much pressure on that team and that city to have a winning franchise because that is a blue-collar town. They live and die with their sports teams. And until the last three years, there hasn't been a lot to cheer about for the Buffalo Bills aside from getting drunk and throwing people through tables and tailgating parties. And Which is awesome. the Sabres haven't done anything since they went to the finals and lost to Dallas. Which, fun fact, to this day, I cannot wear or mention, I can't wear a Brett Hull jersey or mention that man's name in Buffalo. Yeah, they hate they that guy. They still hate him with the passion of a thousand sons. Which, depending on how things turned out last year, that could have been us with the Boston year more, but obviously, for sure. well for us. So, um, you know, all I, I good. think that is why, that's why you see so many players for the Sabres and the Bills, but we're talking hockey, so Sabres, you see players like Ryan O'Reilly. You see players uh, like Jack Eichel say, I'm tired of losing because they're getting the same questions asked of them night after night after night by journalists, by fans, by everybody. It's just like that, that city and San Diego are so thirsty for a championship. But let's be honest, San Diego has a lot more to offer people than Buffalo does. Unfortunately, yes. Besides the flaming tables, so Correct. and hot wings. If you're going to get stuck in one of those cities and have to be on a losing franchise, I think we would all pick San Diego over Buffalo. Correct. So that's where we stand for now. Hopefully, uh, if any more news comes up, we'll gladly record another thing and put it out there. So, um, well, let's wrap it up uh, there. But before we wrap it up, I want to mention two things. Uh, thanks to everyone who has participated in like our trivia contest we've had online. Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, we talked about last podcast. Thanks to Will over at Rockstar Tacos for uh, jumping on board and, and uh, sponsoring things and helping us out. This is generally being an awesome dude. Uh, go yes. check him out over in Newtown. Uh, we were just there. Me and Chris were there two Saturday, last, last Saturday. Weekend. We could go today. Last weekend we were there for more of the weekend, and it was amazing. So it's awesome fantastic. food out there. Yeah, we get some of that Rockstar dust. Put on everything. It's great. Everything. Yeah. The other thing is I wanted to bring up is uh, another uh, sponsor we have potentially coming on right now. And, and I thought they honestly just had some cool stuff, and I wanted to direct them your way. Look up uh, Upcycle Hockey uh, on Facebook. Uh, make basically furniture out of old hockey sticks and other stuff. It's pretty great. And they got some awesome uh, clothing he's putting out. So go ahead and purchase that and help them out. Uh, hoping to talk to him soon and uh, get something going there too. So check out Upcycle Hockey. Definitely worth your time. So we'll wrap it up there. Hopefully we'll get some more Blues news and figure out what is going to happen. Hopefully they figure out this Hub City situation uh, and we'll get a general idea if we're going to go ahead and start hockey sooner than later. So right now it looks like later. So we'll go from there. If you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Chris is at? I'm at Hossapalooza. Uh, also, we are on Facebook and Instagram. Just look up at Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, if you want to check out our website, it's blueshockeypodcast.com and .net. 
Uh, you can find uh, links for a ton of stuff there, including just I talked about Rockstar Taco and uh, some stuff for Upcycle Hockey. You also find our tab for our merchandise. We're going to have some shirts, and like I said, it won't, the things die down as the global pandemic kind of gets a little uh, more under control. Hopefully, uh, we're going to have some more uh, pictures of some new shirts and some other stuff up there. Just unfortunately, our plans kind of got sidelined due to uh, everybody kind of being on lockdown. So once that's done. We'll have a little better uh, uh, idea of some more shirts and some other items. I think I'm going to have, due to the pandemic, there might be some masks coming your way. So be on the lookout for those. Uh, let's see, that, 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 that. Also, let's see, download the podcast, especially on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, uh, Pocket Cast, all the cast. Uh, remember to rate and review on all those as well. That helps us out and gets us a little more attention across the board. Uh, you got anything else to add, Chris? I'm good. Uh, I know that you and I had talked about getting a couple of signed items for giveaways, and I think we have a yeah, handful of those. So. Yep, yep, we're going to be working on that. And that's we're going to. There's a little tease for next podcast. So we got an idea, and I got some stuff to, for our playoff preview uh, show that. Uh, might be uh, streamed on our Facebook page, and we're working on some logistics, but I think we got a really cool idea, and I'm hoping it comes together. So we'll leave it there, and we'll have some, hopefully have some signed items to give away. So stay tuned to our socials for more information. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you guys soon, hopefully. See ya.